back. Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm All Max. Right. All right. <laughs> I love the little ding from your cell phone. Uh, send so me the pictures, Jay. Send me the pictures. So unprofessional. I sent them to you. And then you got mad at me that I didn't. <laughs> you asked for them. I said airdrop. Don't text it. Your airdrop wasn't working. Whatever. Jay, what's up? Brad. See, look at this. Brad. Two episodes in a row. Let's go. We're back. I'm here. I mean, part we did, two. We did, uh, we've done two. one, so we're on another one. We're going to start with a new section of our podcast. All right. Recognize that? <laughs> Jay's addiction. <laughs> Boom. Out there for the whole world to see. Jay's. My kids now have YouTube, so this is a trip. Yeah. It's good, though. I already know. Lexi's told him. So, what is that? Where'd that logo come from? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm mm-hmm. not pl- liable for any. That's <laughs> sick. Can you hear that? Jane's addiction. Where is it? What song is this? Don't look. Don't cheat. I already see it. <laughs> you got to see them in concert. I was supposed to be I there. I did. It was kind of sad seeing them. Uh, not as good. <laughs> Bless their hearts. It's sad. So, Jay's addiction. Let's go. We're going to have a new That's a dangerous segment. place to be. A new, seg- a new segment. A new Jay's recovery because Jay's addiction is pretty. I know, well, but there's no band. It's good. Like, I know. There's a I know, band, I know, Jane's addiction. Yeah. Anyways, I get your point. It's beautiful. I love F- it. Funny story about this. Yep. Okay. So, like, uh, there's a, a website you can go to um, to have, like, gigs done. Gig, gig, gigs worked. Like, tech okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, and this guy said five or I think it's 20 bucks for like logo stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, can you like copy this logo and like modify it a little bit? Yeah, no problem. 20 bucks. I'm like sick. I'm like, okay, so here's the logo. Um, change, uh, Jane's to J Jane's to J. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, no problem. 20 bucks, two days, get the email back two days. I'm 20 so bucks is 20 bucks. T- two days I wait for it to come back and it said Jane's change Jane to Jay. <laughs> oh, like the, he wrote exactly yeah. what you said. Bless his heart. In that font. I'm like, India? Oh, Where is he? Uh, I can't remember which one. Oh, but very literal people. Little language barrier. I'm like, okay. That's, that's what I'm I mean. That sounds like a literal. I got to pull that one up and show. Barrier. I should have had it there. I'm like, hey, this looks really great. Try to be nice. This because it's like this 20, is awesome. 20 bucks. This is awesome. But I actually wanted He's to like, change fine, 20 bucks. the he name. Him, so he had to send him another 20 to fix it. <laughs> No, he had two revisions available. Oh, okay. So, so at least you get hustled. It took two revisions, it took but it looks to get twenty bucks <laughs> logo. Sixty dollars to get twenty. He, I yeah. love that. That's so beautiful. there it is. There it is. Right. Jay's addiction. So here's our segment. Okay, I'm gonna play a song oh. that I find like a little. It seems a little bit recovery to me. Okay, and and you're gonna tell me what like. Uh, what comes to mind as you listen? I just want you to listen okay. to it. Cameras could be on your face. And I think I'm fine because it's not into that. So, oh, sorry. Starting over. Yeah. But see, that's worth it. Now you know who it is, but I just want to listen to it. Yeah, it's been a while since you've listened to it, right? Yeah, I haven't listened to it in a while. Because it's with Ryan Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's a DJ. There's a lot of starting overs. Okay. Listen. Lyrics are up on the screen if you want to. I get chills just hearing it. I remember when it came out. Texted Xander. Now, it's three plus years. I was so proud of 
And I throw them all the way for two styrofoam cups. Everyone will think that he lied to me and made my sobriety so public there's no fucking privacy. If I don't talk Beep. about it, then I carry it deep. I zero eight, ten, oh eight, and that was been changed and everything. Well, they put me in some box to say that I never was. It's the false prophet that never came. And will they think that everything that I've written is all in fake? Or will I just take my slip to the grave? Beep. Ah, it's heavy. That's just the beginning. It gets even heavier. I'm going to go the chorus, but, but yeah, uh, um, it goes back to what we were just talking about in the last episode of talking about, you know, feeling, you know, a little bit propped up just because you, you're like a leader of a meeting or you have more time than other people. You feel like you're at a level of that you're some wise monk, he says, right? And it's like, dude, you just have more. Because he, he had started. Because Macklemore had a whole album about. He literally, that that album, the the others, uh, the other side, side. That, came, that came out is the year I got sober. And I remember listening down a repeat for every, a lot of people did. Like, and that's what he talks about later mm -hmm. in this thing is like, you he has fans come up to him in a 12-step meeting. And he goes there to talk, tell people that he relapsed, but he can't because now all this, you know what I mean? That's what it felt like when we were like, I, I was like, I hadn't relapsed, but I'm not perfect. And when you're at, when you're being held up, like you're, you're got, you're this changed person. You're, 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 you're the, you're not the recovery guy, but you're like, that's a big part of your persona. It is. And you're, I remember Xander, dad, I remember Xander talking about that, like in, in, when he came back from BYU Hawaii and I told him what we we're doing, the meeting and the podcast, he's like, I don't want to, I hope maybe won't mind me sharing this, but at one point he's like, I don't want to be that recovery guy. Like, I don't want that. Like, cause he, you know, he, he wants to have other callings. Mm -hmm. I've really only had this calling. And I've had some other ones because I asked for them, mm -hmm. but I have been like, you get labeled that and rightfully so it's like my mission. Like it really is. Uh, and whether I want it to or not, it seems like God wants that. I keep getting pulled back to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's, it's hard because you, we, especially when you know, but, you're not but, perfect, but guess what? The meeting you're leading now, you're not, it's not a calling. Yeah. No one asked. Yeah. No that's one. What I mean, I'm inspired. Yeah. That's true. The one yeah, that I'm doing down in San Diego. Yeah. So when I first hear that, like, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's intense. See like there. Losing his clarity. And you gotta come clean. It's not easy. So is the normie when I'd always hear these songs about one day at a time. There's even a TV show called that. Like, it's just funny to me because I'm like, is that when they sit in the circle? When they sit in the circle and uh, talk, you know, I'm a, my name is Bob, whatever. Like, I just had no concept of what that was. And then even the one day is what they tell us. Like, that yeah. means so much more to me now after going to meetings for yeah. so long. It did. Um, once again, there took years to understand what one day at a time means. I mean, I understand what one day at a time is. You only have 24 hours. But you ride a pink cloud when you first get sober, and they talk about it a lot. And I, like, why wouldn't you want a pink? Like, you, everything turns bliss because it was chaos, and now it's not. But when trials come back up, that's where you're like, oh, I got to go back to this, like, just one day at a time thing. That yeah. humility. Okay.
this part's heavy. It chills, that was me. When you, cause you said you stopped going to meetings, partly they were shut down and then partly yeah. they had a purpose. Did you feel like, I didn't feel like that till recently. So it's okay. so like six, seven months ago when I went to my first meeting I hadn't been to in a while. Um, I felt like that I had just getting off pills from surgery and, uh, I was definitely not the same person. And I felt like that to a degree of like, here, here the there's, there's people in there read. that haven't seen me like it since I had X amount of years sober and now I'm showing up and I feel like I'm, I'm freaking lost. But I don't know that. You no, know, no. But that's what you're thinking in your head. You're yeah. like, dude, I hope they don't recognize how she, you like know, here, like right here. I really feel just posted up right here. Next line. You're feeling it. Yeah. I mean, that's how it would be when you'd read some, like if you had been, if you had sent me some of those emails that we used to read over the last couple of years or even just seven, eight months ago, I would have felt that exact way. And that's why it hit me because I'm like, there are people still in the church when I see them on Sundays or whatever. They, oh my, this is, this guy's amazing. He's like helped so many people. And you're like, dude, I'm a freaking mess. Like I'm a mess. Like I'm not perfect. I'm not wise. I have, I have, I have some time and it's been shaky on and off over the last couple of years with surgery, but, um, you just feel, you just back to that, like stage one humility, like where, you know, driving home, I'm, I'm a piece of, you know what? And I'm like, I'm like, I, you, I lost you felt that way recently. Yeah. 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 You feel like, you feel like you, um, cause when you don't have emotional sobriety or spiritual sobriety, you, quickly and you you know what that tastes like now right so when you're an addict you don't know what that tastes like but you when you've when you've tasted it. recovery or tasted spirituality or tasted the gospel they always say you'll never a head full of aa and a belly full of booze they say never you'll never be happy again ever drinking and that's how it is even if you're not using just trying to go back to another life that's not spiritual good luck is that so is that's that, what i hear is, and i thought about yeah. when the, the, he's talking about this girl that comes up to him or this, I envision a girl and maybe it doesn't say a girl, but I envision this girl coming up to him and shaking his hand. That would have been me because mm-hmm. I listened to it that whole first year, him and Eminem's recovery album. And, uh, I just, if there was people that have come to me in the last couple of years to like say that similar thing with our podcast or with the meetings or with something. And I'm like, dude, I want, I just shake my hand and say, thank you. You know, or I'm like, you know, I'm stoked you're sober or whatever, but inside I'm just like, I'm like, if they only knew I'm a, you know, I'm a mess. I'm not perfect. I don't know where I, you know, I'm lo- I lost this. He says, I lost the compass of where self is and I can't help it. And, um, if you have a foundation of, of spirituality that you may never experience that. Maybe you do. I don't know. But when you don't, it's like I said, when my foundation was as a, even though I had a beautiful family, there was, I was, you know, I, I was abused by a school teacher. I was abused. And then a little bit, not super abused by my stepfather and, 
you know, but like verbally and intense, but it was more of that first grade thing that happened to me. Um, you, you don't trust anyone, you don't trust anything and you feel alone. And so you lose, you know, going back to that kid, that's what I felt like I've been living in. I guess I'm trying to say like going back to that traumatized kid. And so now my lens is not recovery anymore. This 36 year old that has all this 10 years of sobriety, it goes back to a five-year-old. Like to be, and everything I see now is of that five-year-old meaning like don't trust anyone. Everyone's out to get you. And, um, and, and you, you, start, you start self-sabotaging to prove it. It's crazy what happens when you have childhood trauma. You, you, your life gets good like mine did. And then you almost, then it's like clockwork. I remember reading this stuff and I'm going, that's not going to be me. And yeah, if I kept going to meetings and everything stayed the same, the world didn't fall apart, probably wouldn't have been. Because I, why would, it didn't happen. But as soon as I took those things out or got taken from me and then I let, let, didn't want to dive back into them, I went back to reverting to that. Um, and then you start self-sabotaging. And then when you self-sabotage, it's like you're trying to subconsciously prove that you're alone. And that no one's really going to be there for you. Because then you start ruining relationships to see who sticks around. And most people bail when you become an a-hole. And most people bail when you start being a pain in the you know, A to, to be around. And so then that's what's happening in the psychology of the traumatized child. Hmm. Even though they may be 50 years old, right? Or 40 hmm. or, you know. So anyways, that's what I was thinking. We're still going in. Okay. Turn the Bluetooth volume up. No? Uh-oh. Volume down on your phone. I changed the setting a little bit. If I can be an example of getting sober, then I can Audio's be an example now. of starting over. If oh, that I can sounds be really an example good. of getting sober, then I can be an example of starting over. over, over. Talking about the self-sabotage. Yeah. Thought you would go. That's the exact thing you said. I know. Did you know that line was coming up? No. <laughs> no. But, but that's, but that's what, the mind of an addict or we're all the same. Trauma? We're all the same. Like, <laughs> I don't care what your addiction is or what you've been through. The underlining trauma of the separation of oneself through traumatic events in your childhood and through drug or alcohol abuse or sex abuse or whatever it is, we're all the same. I don't care. I, I don't care what ethnicity you are where you came from what cultural background we are we're all the same that's why he can write that and it touches everyone yeah. that's why AA can be non-secular and it touches everyone you know what I mean right. like it, it, there's certain truth is truth and yeah. and that's truth is that we as humans even you know, we're all the same I just feel that way what other song uh hits you with the ending of that part if you keep going that part's next level if you can finish it yeah the ending gets even more intense. Oh, there we go, yeah. We're going to do this whole song. Yeah. This whole podcast. Got it, yeah. This one Music song review. sums it up. One, two, now. Those three plus oh, this is the beginning still. So proud of. You got to go to the middle. Yeah, right there. Listen right here. left the meetings if i can be an example of getting sober then i can be an example of starting over if i can be an example of getting sober 
but I can be an example of starting over. Missed a little bit of it, but that's yeah, that's it right there. I mean, just what he says right there. Tried to do it on his own. Didn't pick up the book. Separated, meaning, meaning the big book. So yeah, he, what, what he's clearly talking about is he got sober, right, from the meetings, from the twelve steps. Then does what most people did. And I saw this early in recovery. That's why I never stopped going to meetings because it was clear the three guarantees of relapse: stop going to meetings, stop calling your sponsor, stop working the steps. That simple. Nothing else. You've said that hundreds, hundreds of, of times. times in front of you meetings, recordings. It doesn't matter. I've said it over and over again. That's what he's talking about. He did. That's and what's crazy is I didn't choose that, but that's what happened, right? With twenty twenty and and you know, and so it. But it, it's the same. It's the guaranteed thing. If you stop going to meetings, because you're not connecting as, because there is a spiritual connection when you sit in a room full of other people, other addicts that have different stories, but it's all the same. And you 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 read from scripture, basically the twelve steps or the, another form of scripture um, that are truth, the gospel truths that are inspired from Heavenly Father, like we both believe. And and then you share openly and honestly, and you, you, you're you tapping into something out-of-worldly. It's not of this world, right? And the Spirit's there, and it's just un... Everyone, normies that go in that have never... They went there because they're trying to bring someone. They tap into it, and they some of them never leave. They're like, I want to be a part of this, because yeah. this is just boom. Oh, that was me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and so that's what he's saying. He pulls out of that, and then he goes in, and, and then he's like, look at it. With, like that, it is, is gone. And having to call his dad, having to tell his his girlfriend, now seeing people in public that have put him on a pedestal, it's not easy to do. And um, I'm glad I didn't have a full blown relapse in a sense where I'm out like you know stealing pills out of people's closets. But um, I think it got us close to spiritual death as I want to get ever again. I hope that you know. that's that's good, man. That's good. Let's go through some slides that uh, you have. Oh yeah. From my presentation. From your presentation you did recently. Oh, yeah. So this is crazy. Addiction in America. So right here, the top one. 21 million Americans. 21 million. There's about 350 or so, 370 million. So 21 million Americans have at least one, at least one addiction, yet only 10% of them get treated treatment. And that's just off a of census, right? So how many more, right? These are, mm -hmm. of course, going to be downgraded. Drug overdose deaths have tripled since 1990. So in 30 years. Okay, this is our kids are now in this time. And remember what I said, you're more likely to die under the age of 50 from right. opiate overdose than anything else. Addiction costs the U.S. economy over $600 billion every year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. A previous episode, you had surgery with uh, prescribed medication. How, how was the difference of doctors pushing like, hey, take this, way less, prescribe way this? Less, way yeah. less, but you can still get, I mean, you're still getting drugs. Okay. Yeah. Was there, was there any doctors asking about addiction? Like any questions, any questionnaires? No, I think it's on paperwork. When you first fill out your first thing, it's like, have you ever had any abuse or whatever that? Okay. And you got to be, if you write that, you probably won't get anything. So you need to be careful. Because I do believe that these pain meds are there for extreme surgery. Like I know some hardcore Rambo type people out there that they'll never touch it again. Good for them. Maybe they're, you know, that's the right thing for them. Right? Mm -hmm. That's between them, God, and their sponsor, right? Mm -hmm. But as far as the people that I look up to that have way more time than me, they have a necessary so, thing. So it has gotten better. Way better. The oh, yeah. Medical. If area. I went and asked for a refill without, you know, I took the lowest dose of what I could take. I took, it's called Tylenol 3s. It's Tylenol with coating. And if you're someone that's an army, you're like, oh, that stuff's heavy. And it is heavy. But here's what's crazy. Mm -hmm. In 10 years, so go back 11 years ago, mm -hmm. I could take a bottle of 50 of that and do nothing to me. 
It would do, I've done it. I've stole them out of people's, I've stole Tylenol coating out of people's uh, cabinets. You and I've taken, it? yeah, you get constipated for sure. But I've taken 40 or 50 almost in a 24 hour period. It did nothing. Huh. And now, 10 years later, in, in sobriety and having surgery, a half of one is enough to change my world to the point of, oh, it's scary. That's crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're so if that but makes that's sense. That's part of the uh you're gonna get into deaths yeah. and overdiction. Yeah, yeah. But yes. But now that it's harder to get, once addiction kicks in, that's why people go to the streets. They offer me higher, harder stuff. They go I to the street zone and get and they end up getting well, yeah, fentanyl, yeah. right? And, and then like well that. yeah, now you just don't so fentanyl's car fentanyl is being cut, it's being produced in China, mass produced in China, and it's a hundred times more addictive than morphine and opium and all this stuff. It's like hundreds and hundreds of times. It's a synthetic version. Mm -hmm. Comes from China, gets imported to Mexico, cartel brings it up. So America. I'm new to the drug game. I'm so ten, happy I'm not ten, getting drugs ten, on the street, ten, I guess. Because it's, ten it's years literally ago, Russian roulette now. Right, 10 years ago, was fent I never even heard of fentanyl. Was, it is it a new drug? No, no. Fentanyl patches have been okay. around. Oh, they have. Okay. Yeah, some so friends I know. That from doctors. I got it when I had diverticulitis a few yeah. weeks ago. When I went in there, that, that, I was in excruciating pain. Thought my appendix had burst. So did they. Because it was so bloated and they could feel. They couldn't even touch me. Like mm -hmm. it was. It was IV form of it? IV. I'm giving you a painkiller. They didn't say what it was. Boom. Mm-hmm. Instant relief. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. They, I thought I'm going into surgery here in a minute, right? That's so yeah. today. They're like, oh, we got to get a CT scan and to get you approved, and then we're going to get you surgery because of insurance, right? Yeah. They have to prove that you have it. Good thing, right? Otherwise, they cut me open. I didn't have an appendix burst. <laughs> Oops. But fentanyl, that was powerful. I had never taken it. That was a, as far as I know, it's the first time I've ever taken fentanyl. Yeah. And it was instant relief, but it goes like this, Brad. It's crazy. It's not like another opiate. A lower dose of a Tylenol with coating or, or Vicodin. It's slower and gradual and stays in your system longer. The fentanyl hit within seconds mm. and it was over within seconds. That's wow. the problem with it. Okay. Is it takes you this extreme relief, high pain reliever, mm -hmm. which is great euphoria. But the, the crap, it was like 30 minutes and I was like hitting the button, like come back in here. The pain's coming back. Mm. And they're like, oh, let's give you a lower dose. I'm like, I don't care. Just get the pain. It was so bad. They gave me like a Vicodin or a Percocet in the, in the IV, something I used to abuse. And it lasted for five, six hours. Not as fast. Not as high in mm -hmm. a feeling of euphoria, but the pain, you know what I mean? So there, it's not even that good of a, it's crazy. I mean, it, it is in a sense of euphoria, but it's, it crashes That's why quick. they're cutting it with other drugs. Yeah, yeah. It's cheaper too. Yeah. It's because it's synthetic. It's easier to get. Because uh, although the other opiates actually come from an opiate plants, big business and it's hard to get. 20% um, of Americans suffer from depression and anxiety disorder along with substance abuse. Once again, that's only 20% that reported it. So it's way more. Mm -hmm. We know that. More, uh, I'm supposed to write, more than 90% of addicts start with a substance before the age of 18. Almost every person you've heard in recovery says that, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you think, I have a theory, never, I don't think it's proven out, maybe it is, but kids between 18 25 i'd go 14 and 25 are addicted to something they're addicted to these devices oh, yeah, yeah. again not even talking about right but like we're going through this addiction cycle yeah. at a much earlier age do totally. you think that leads to like i can't i'm trying to think back my kid like atari wasn't that addictive it kind of sucked yeah but like uh things that were i was consuming or whatever yeah like i was addicted to skateboarding when i was a little kid like i, I mean it was my form of relief from my chaos in my home mm -hmm. So I wanted to skateboard all the time. I wasn't even that it's good. It's a different dopamine get, hit than But you get addicted. Like, that's all I thought about. That's yeah. all I, my son. 
11 years old, all, yeah. he's, he's obsessed with surfing to the point where you ask him and he hasn't surfed in days, it's all he's thinking about. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was healthier, but yeah. I'd rather than thinking about that than pornography. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That's how much you, I guess the brain is wired to get obsessed, obsessed about things, things, probably because of DNA ancestral to keep you alive, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so you can get accomplish food. hard things, right? Yeah. yeah, get food. So then the next line, it says, Americans between the age of 18 and 25 are most likely to be addicted to drugs. And then 130 Americans die daily from prescription. This is just prescription. This is not alcohol. This is not pot. That's this is just a doctor that's gave not meth. you. That's not, yeah, these are prescription. A day. Yeah, so a pill versus a heroin or fentanyl. So it says 130 Americans die from prescription opioid overdoses, not even including heroin, a day. That's crazy. Every day. So in the, in the, what time is it? You know, it's about halfway through the day, 60, 70 people have died today in America that have just been reported, let alone all the illegals that are trying to like people that aren't on censuses, right. people, you know what I mean? It's insane. Right. And yet we are talking about other things that barely kill anything or anyone. Right. It's crazy. Right. So even though it's gotten better and it's more known, it's <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So what is this addiction, life, popular definition, oh, so, addiction? Yeah, so it goes, so, so when I was given this presentation, um, and I got this from a talk from Gabriel Mate, he's like a famous doctor who's written a bunch of books. Definitely look it up. His newest one is uh, um, Trauma America, something with trauma. Anyways, I just, I'm reading it right now. We'll, we'll put the post up. We'll put a post, yeah. Amazon he's link. amazing. But he has a little TED Talk or an interview with Sam Harris, maybe it came from. And another podcast, and he gives this definition of addiction. He goes through this. this is where I got this from. He says the popular definition of addiction, and he's been in this industry in the health side of it for a long time, 50 years. He says addiction is a choice, right? Society views it as a choice. You thought it that way. I thought it that way. When I was on my mission, I was telling people, stop using. Just it's a stop. choice. Stop. And some people can stop. Yeah, not everyone's. So but me and my sponsor have been talking about this. Not everyone's a true addict yeah. or alcoholic. It's fact. Someone can abuse drugs and abuse alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and not be a true alcoholic or addict. I don't you, you, It's hard for you to fathom. Yeah, it's, be, it's, best, it's best to not try to figure out which one you are because yeah. normal people don't even think about it. Right. So if you're even on that spectrum, you probably have a problem. You told me that before is like yeah. normal people don't count how many pills they have left. Yeah. Normal people don't, don't think about how many drinks of alcohol. They yeah. Have. I have how much is left of my dread. If you're even, cup. if you're listening to this and thinking, I may not, my, my friend sent me this, my loved one sent me this podcast or I found it on my own. I'm, I don't think I'm like Jay. And I, I only look at porn three times a week, not three times a day. Okay. So the, the fact, fact that you just counted, even the, the fact that? that you counted and you're having a, a analysis of it and taking an inventory of how much you're using it. Normal people that don't have a problem with a substance that's legal mm -hmm. or an activity that's legal, um, they, they don't think about it because it's not affecting their life negatively. I can argue that if you, you know, one time is, is doesn't mean you're over. It just means it's not good for you. Right. Right. Like, I'm not going to drink. The odds of me drinking a monster right now is slim and none. It's just poison. Like, I don't want that. Unless I'm at Disneyland and that's all they sell. I kind of want one right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, I've if had, you had a choice I've between that and a mate or something that's healthier, yeah, you're going to choose it, right? Yeah. So he, so he has society says that and he goes, addiction is primary brain disorder that arises in the brain largely due to a genetic reason. This is what the medical science says. It's all done, right? We all know in the nineties, genetics became a big thing. I'm fascinated with it. Mm -hmm. Turns out in his new book, the trauma, um, tr normalizing trauma or whatever it's called. Um, um, such a brain fart right now in that book title, but 
Um, he talks about, he gives these stats of, you've heard of women chopping their breasts off because they get genetically tested and they have the gene right. for yeah. breast cancer. Yeah. And it kills insane amount of Americans, right. like more than I think even opiates. Like right. breast cancers. Pro- pro- prophylactically, they're like the odds yeah. of me getting breast cancer are very high. So I'm just going to chop them off or, or they take them per what is it called? Prophylactically. Prophylactically in order to make, you know, be- better the odds of not getting it. Preventative. That's the word. Here's the crazy part. makes me sound Listen more educated. This. Out of that hundred, that's, that does make me sound. Out of the hundred, I think it's 150,000 people die, uh, women die a year of breast cancer. Guess what? How many percentage of them have the genetic gene for it? So 130,000, let's say. It's probably a little more than that. Only 7%. Hmm. 7% of women that die, this is a fact. This is not me. This is in a book. Pure reviewed in the whole thing. Right? So let's just call it round numbers. 100,000, only 7% of them actually have the genetics. So if you look at recovery, the same thing or addiction, the medical field says it's something genetically. I just, I don't buy that. Neither does Gabriel Monte. So go and go on. So then, um, no, the other way. So then the next one. So he goes right here. His, this is his definition. Is that what he looks like? Yeah, yeah pretty much. He's pretty old. Okay. He was in like Auschwitz when he was a kid. Okay. Like he was separated. That's where his childhood trauma came in. Okay. His mom had to give he, him up to survive. Was he an addict? I don't know. No, no, no. He's a, he, he, he claims he was a workaholic at one point. Okay. So because his trials with trauma, it the doctor. What's his? He's a doctor. Oh yeah. Okay. One of the world-renowned doctor on this. Okay. Um, he's from Canada. Um, addiction. So his definition, he says in that interview, is addiction is any behavior. This radically changed my view in the last like four years, is when I first read it. Any behavior that um, that a person finds relief and therefore craves. So specifically, he highlights crave in the short term, but suffers negative consequences in the long term. So short-term pleasure and craving, long-term negative consequences in the long term, but and doesn't give up despite the negative consequences that are inevitable. That's what he said his definition of addiction is. So any behavior, not some, any behavior that a person finds relief of, right, therefore craves in the short term. So short-term relief, long-term pain, can't stop. Despite the pains coming, it's great. That's gnarly when you think about it. Yeah. How many uh, that fits everyone? Yeah. Like in some way, shape, or form, someone's got something there. So you could go through the most. Uh, <coughs> let's uh, like let's just go through caffeine. Yeah, like energy. Yeah, drinks, ca- right? caffeine's the most used drug in in the it's world. A drug of the world. Like some it, some experts say it's the it's the most widely used drug on the planet because okay. it, it's an actual drug. Wars were fought over coffee beans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still. Still insane business, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. Caffeine is the most mind-altering substance that's used. So suffers humans. negative consequences could be. So when you wake up in the morning, back of right bad here. sleep, watch this. Right? Headaches. So when you wake up in the morning. You feel this way. I feel this way. Most people, my wife, everyone. You wake up, bishops. Doesn't matter if you're drinking caffeine on a regular basis. When we all wake up, we're not making a judgment call on it. We're just running through this this, yeah. this model right here. This is, yeah. Once again, this is just my opinion. So you, you, other people can have their own. But this is experts have written books on caffeine too mm-hmm. that have been on other podcasts. And they say, when you wake up in the morning, you feel that grogginess, that headache, that like, I need caffeine to feel nor. It's the same like thing. Short term. Same thing that I felt waking up from opiates. Not as intense. I don't feel like I have a flu. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you went a full 24 hours with that caffeine, we all start to feel like we're having a flu. You start to withdraw. Headaches. We yeah. had a friend just get off of caffeine. He used that as a pill called Ween. And you tell you type in on the online. It's beautiful. <laughs> I want to do it. I'm, I'm like toying with the idea, but I'm so scared. And one of the girls that comes to my new meeting, she's just did it. She's only got seven months sober from heavy drugs and alcohol. And now she's. What's the a, website called? 
Uh, well, the the, the 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 company's called Wean, like okay. weaning yourself off. Okay. And you type in, say, you take 200 milligrams a day, and it'll send you a package of pills, low caffeine pills. That so you don't have to think. You take these amount of pills day one, this amount two, two, three, and it slowly wings you off. So you have less negative consequences because if you stop cold turkey, if mm -hmm. we stop for the next 24 hours, everyone in this room is not going to feel very good. Right. It's pretty crappy. Which is like other drugs itself. So like alcohol, opiates, you can't but the hard just part. Stop. The hard part with that is like, it also enhances life, right? Like there's oh. all this, like when you're talking about caffeine, this yeah, is yeah. where there's healthy addictions or whatever. If you want to look at it, you're splitting hairs, but um, yeah, there is, there's this, really good effects. Just like, using from this caffeine as, right. as this model. Totally, I could pick, totally. I'm going to do phones next, right? Phones, yeah. I'm so so short term, next. okay, getting off Instagram, you start to realize like how much you've been so addicted let's to it. Right? Yeah, let's go social media. So social media. So TikTok, in, when I first TikTok. got off Instagram, um, you're, you now have a void of this self-gratification, right? Dopamine hits that you get when you check your feed and someone liked your comment or, or responded to you in a positive way. And there's no more competition. There's no more negatives. Either. There's no more negatives either, but it doesn't matter. Your brain doesn't recognize the name. It's, it's like hardwired. Like it doesn't get that dopamine and it's hard. The first few months of being off social media is the hardest thing ever. And then it becomes normal. And, you, and then you start to realize like, I can't believe I was looking for so much gratification through other people. And then, and then anyways, so yeah. And, to be done with anything and then suffers negative consequences in the long term yeah long term like social media listen i think one of the negative the, for me just me with social media the positive and the negative the negatives are uh, the algorithms are set up for you to be on there as long as possible that's the goal it's a fact documentaries are there. Like, people who created the software have proven this this is not a theory this yeah. is not conspiracy um that's what the whole point of it is because we're the revenue source right we're the product our Not, eyeballs. Yeah, our eyeballs and our time on, time, yeah. right? They want you engaged as long as possible. So if you're more contentious, what do you think they do? They, they algorithm set you up with things that you're against. If you're more loving, what do you think it does? The algorithm gives you more loving stuff. Because you, you get that. they know how to tap into your dopamine. Oh, yeah. Whatever you triggered by, most people are triggered by negative, unfortunately. We're hardwired to be more addicted to things that are negative. Yeah. And, and probably survival mode back in the day. But it doesn't matter. Anger is more addictive than yeah. love. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Especially when you have trauma. Yeah. So anyways, but go on to the next slide. So you can see, this is his definition. And this is, this is what was the like, biggest eyeball like, opening for me. Remember, society says just stop. You, it's a choice. Medical journals say it's a genetic. He says You're it's this. Born that way. It's this like, and then he says it's a little different. It's like a bunch of stuff. And then he defines real quick what trauma and traumatic is. Because this is new to me. I never heard this. Most people it is. He says events themselves that we normally think of as trauma events are not what trauma is. They are traumatic, but the loss of self. Remember, remember that song, Malcolmore? Lost mm -hmm. the compass of where self is. So he says, but the loss of self is the essence of trauma. The real purpose of addiction treatment or the healing is reconnection. He goes, childhood trauma isn't a prerequisite for addiction, but I have never met a person suffering with addiction that didn't suffer from childhood trauma. That's powerful. When I think of trauma, you think of like being abused, right? I was abused at first yeah. grade or someone yeah, getting yeah. a cigarette put on me. You think of something that yeah, get, bullied, a kid getting hit or parents, sexual being, abuse, yeah. right? Whatever it is. He's saying that's not trauma. That's traumatic. That's intense. I punch in the face. That's a traumatic event. If you now change your DNA, like you, and they've proven this, like your DNA does change based on the trauma that happens. I said 2020, this makes sense now. Because I learned this before 2020 and then here I'm t giving you a recap of the last three years, yeah. right? Or two years. And um, 
that the world goes into complete chaos. My biggest fears, I think, come true. The world's ending, right? And I have all these little kids and I have to like protect and my own life and fear, all this stuff. And then it's like, it, it, it stimulates the, 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 you separate yourself. Like in two years of living with that underlining anxiety, you start to separate yourself from self, the essence of self. So when I was abused at six years old, and most kids, you know, at that age, I never, and I don't remember this like it was yesterday. I don't remember the events, but I do remember never being the same. I do, and I see it in my kids. Like my, my one daughter, June, is six years old. If she was abused, she would not be the sunshine she is right now ever again. You just, it's impossible. And even to this day, like Christ is kind of making me whole again. He's repairing me, but it's like, a, it'll be something I'm going to live with probably forever until the next life where I get a full resurrection of, of fullness and the wholeness because it just, you separate from who you are. And so that's what he's talking about. The real treatment needs to be reconnecting. And, you know, I've had moments where I felt like I was reconnected and I felt like I was healed, but clearly like it just takes another event to trigger it again. And so you got to be careful. So Anyways, that's powerful. I don't know what you think no, about that, but yeah, it's my, crazy. What's going through my head is, is you, there's a lot of people addicted to pain medication, physically addicted versus emotionally addicted. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes these definitions Put it don't this way. go yeah. through. When the I difference. got, when I got, when I was on pills this year for surgery, mm -hmm. right. And for my neck um, injury, like there's some, there's some addict, there's some chemicals that are yeah. physically addictive because my life, versus, even though it's not exactly, it's not, it's been rough with spirituality. Like we talked about and I'm not in the best place or I wasn't in the best place over the last 12 months. It's not the same. I was able to not throw, you know, take more than I was supposed to because I'm not trying to cure. I know you're right. Like, so this proof, like, I don't know, maybe some would probably say that he's not a real addict or whatever, because some say some alcoholics say if they take mm -hmm. one sip of alcohol, it's over. Yeah. Right. That's what you hear. Well, I've taken one pill and I didn't take the rest of the bottle that day. So I don't know what that we're, means. We're, we're the, the visual I have was like outside that room is your addiction doing push-ups. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. say, yeah, it's a gorilla in the other room doing push-ups waiting, waiting for, for you. you. Yeah, when you took that and you knew you had the pill, were you like, was there voices going, not voices, but like yeah. that like. Well, it was definitely cautious. Like, yeah, you're more cautious because you know where you've been. It's like, it's like a loaded gun. Like if we were to go shooting right now because I grew up with guns and I had proper gun safety, mm -hmm. I know that that thing is a, just a tool. It would never go off on its own. But I do know it can kill you. Don't tell Alec Baldwin that. Yeah, 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 right. It just went off on its own. And uh, yeah, so it's like, I, but you have immense respect for it. That's how I look at pain meds now. Okay. But, but I was able to use them, you know, responsibly to a degree. I think any amount of use is, I probably used them a little too long, but like I was still able to take a half a day for, you know, versus the old Jay that I would have, the whole bottle wouldn't have done nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. No. So my question is there, this says childhood trauma isn't a progressive to addiction, but I've never met a person yeah, yeah. suffering with addiction that it did suffer from childhood trauma. We have a mutual friend that had like uh, knees or total hip replacement. Yeah, yeah. That's um, trauma. Okay. That's, so that's, that's oh, traumatic. That's, that's traumatic. 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 Right. Okay. Think about it. So they're saying they've even done studies. And where he's like, I was physically addicted. One, uh, say you're five-year-old. I have four kids. You have four kids. Mm -hmm. All of the way they perceive traumatic events can be all different. True. Yeah. Yeah. The world sees what, what's as not the major to me. Yeah. It's different. You yelling at him one time in the highest tone because they caught cheating at school or I yell at my daughter for hitting the other daughter or whatever. Just as an example. It's just an example. This never happened. <laughs> um, this never happened. No, but uh, like 
they say one time not backed up with love and compassion is enough to sometimes trigger, or it happens at school. Say a teacher, a dude, yeah. listen, when I got so far behind after first grade of being abused and I moved schools three times until I was in fourth grade, uh, third grade, I stayed in the same school. I was so far behind that it got to the point where every teacher started to repeat to me that you're dumb. I got labeled ADD. I dislike all these learning disabilities come from usually these events, mm-hmm. right? Because it slows down the brain because it goes from fire to flight. It can't learn new subjects. It can't do anything. It's literally trying to survive. You go into the survival mode, even though I had a roof over my head. My, my mom wasn't abusing me. Your, I had your this needs loving, were met. My your needs, needs were met. more than met. I lived mm-hmm. in South Orange County. My life was great. So when people hear my story, they're like, oh, it's like, no, my life was great. But the five-year-old was in charge till I was 26. Everything I did was through the lens of a, tr- I had separated from who I was supposed to be. I joined the church at 19. I start to come back to who self is, but then quickly within a year and a half of being on my mission, you know, I get on painkillers and then I'll lose it again. And I think it was, re- was my new theory. I thought about this last night after the meeting, the, the trauma was re-engaged. Cause I feel, I feel when I went on my mission, I was in the zone. I was, it was great. And I don't mean like un- self-righteously like, no, I was connected to the spirit. I was in the zone. I was in the pocket and uh, surf analogy. And the, the, like 2020, when I got to the Philippines, when I landed in the Philippines and I looked around, I was, I was, it was, it was too much for me to understand. And I think this is happening to a lot of people and it's not just me, but at the, I didn't realize this until years later, 10 years later. But what had happened was, is I saw millions of people starving. I saw millions of people living in legit chaos and um you've never seen that ever before south orange county like you know what i mean like and (laughs) you could be from the slums of la it doesn't matter it's nothing like that yeah okay skid row times a million because it's everywhere and it's chaos it's Mm -hmm. just loud and it's it's nuts everything i can explain to you is there and um and i think i was just it 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 awoke that five-year-old again feeling unsafe and being scared and then um i looked you know as soon as those drugs hit me Right. Eight months later on the surgery on the mission, it was like, oh, whew. it's like that fentanyl in the hospital relief. It's crazy. You just yeah. immediately feel relief. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. So, so he, now he goes in it. here. Yes. Yeah, so go back. So he says, so he says yeah. right here. So his childhood trauma is reconnecting. Right. So then I'll go to the next one. He says, no more isolation. There's a lot of theory here. And here's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of theory and there's some, um, some Ted talks that have been happening about the rat. Um, rat park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's where it's not all true. That's not that one explanation. Some of it is there's truth in it, but it's not a hundred percent. I was on my mission when I got a, a, a abused painkillers mm-hmm. and got addicted. I was around the right people. Mm-hmm. You had connection. I had connection. I had every need met. Mm-hmm. Okay. They say in rat park, as soon as you have all the nice things, you'll never want to do that. Yeah. Bull. You know what I mean? If you, the truck, yeah, you know what I want to say? I want to, <laughs> yeah, beep. I want to say it. Cause it's the word to say here. And it's like, when I stepped in the Philippines and saw the chaos, the trauma, kid was awoken again. I'm now looking at the world at, I was 21, but really I was five. Felt unsafe. Yeah. And then as soon as the drugs came into me, right? And it took till I was 26. So another six more years to get reconnected and sober. And so he talks about here is more isolation. He says, the way to break out of addiction cycle is to reconnecting to one's authentic self, not to people. Right, not to a, a healthy environment. I had a healthy environment. Are you kidding? Seattle. I went. I was now in Seattle mission. Uh, missionaries that loved me, whatever. Like blah blah blah. Had all my needs met. I was no longer in chaos, Philippines. Yeah. But it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 
it's, it, I didn't feel like I've connected myself and I'm, I'm 36 and, you know, until my sobriety. So how do you get connected to, with your authentic self? Steps. Step one, step one and getting honest. I mean, these steps are what really bring you back to that. Right. So this is like society, society has this like myself, me, me, me. It's a weird, which is hard because some of the the definitions are like changing right now. Yeah. So uh, we hear this a lot of like with the me generation, right? Me, 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 my truth, my, my, my very selfish oriented. Is that the same as reconnecting to your authentic self? That's the hard part. So when you, when you first hear that, I'm like, yeah, that sounds crazy. But then you're like, well, when I do tell people that are new in the program, when you work in these steps, you need to be selfish. It's about you, right? It's about reconnecting to one's authentic self. He says there's a few, and I didn't write this up here, but he said there's three, I can't remember them all, but there's three unnegotiable needs that humans need. One is connection. Mm-hmm. Connection. Like if you take a baby away from its mother, put it on the table, it's, it ain't going to live. So, it needs so, to be connected to okay. survive. Second one, this is survival. So these are unnegotiable needs he talks about in that document. Uh, can, I, can I talk about each yeah. one of these? Yeah. I'm going to give like, uh, ask questions about real versus fake connection on there. So like if I, I can, I can connect with other now easier than ever online, some group, uh, pick an addiction, mm-hmm. pick one porn. I can, I can, I can find a hundred, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people that are like, no, porn's good for you. You're using it. The only reason you feel bad about using porn and whatever is because of your religion yeah. or because of your wife or yeah. whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. They'll tell you that. Yeah. And, and over and over. And so, so my authentic self is like, no, I, I'm a sexual being. I need to look at porn. Yep. You could do this with anything. Yeah. You could, there's weed forums, there's yep. opiate forums, yep. there's Christianity is the reason why you you're where you're at. Cause it's, right. it, so it's how, how do I, how does one differentiate between connecting? Cause when you do the steps, cause when you do these steps, it always goes back to the steps. When you do, when does, you do step one, you get honest, right? Step does, two, you have hope and faith. Does, but does it go back to this one? Um, the negative consequences no, in the long term? No, it goes, it goes into step four. So in my mind, when you ask me that question, yeah. it goes into step four. Step four is an inventory of your life. And at first you look at step four, and the reason why a lot of addicts won't do it, or they struggle with this one and hang up on it, and I hung up on it for a long time too, is because you think of conf- you just think of step five, which is confession. And right, no one wants to tell anyone their dark secrets, right? Um, you, you know, goes into the DNA, right? Probably being ostracized from the, the tribe. But in step four, what it really does, the reason why that step's so life-changing is because you list out your fears, right? So the false evidence appearing real, right? That an acronym for fear, but you list out your fears. Some of them authentic, right? Like being harmed as a child or being alone or losing your family or dying of a disease. So, so that, that's where you identify these authentic self. Yeah. The question is, how okay. do you get back? Do, step how, do four, I, you, how do I get through my BS of my justification? You call a sponsor daily, which is the, you can't do to, it on your to, own to seek out what's my authentic self, not like yeah. this fake well, God, self or the self yeah, I want to yeah, be or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So once again, if you do it from the world's or Instagram, right? If you do it in the world, you're always going to find up. You're always going to find a new hole to fall, like, right? To be alone in mm-hmm. and to be dark in and to be lost in. But if you do it through the program, right? Which is secular in the world or in the church's program, it doesn't matter. It's a backdoor to spirituality. Mm-hmm. And it's designed that way on purpose because you list your fears, you list your misconduct, and you, lead, you list your, um, your, um, your resentments. And you start to see a pattern that shows up. Everything starts in the mind, right? You hear that all the time, these catchy clips and documentaries and books and whatever, and these quotes, motivational, but it's actually true. Your thoughts are actually proving that can actually change your DNA. 
You can change your, you can rewrite the genetic code to a degree. I don't know that they're just learning this is like, you know, the state of the art stuff right now, but they're finding that your thoughts can literally shape everything. So the world would say manifest, just think about nice things and it'll work out. Well, it's not all false, but it isn't all true either. Like it starts there, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool and it's necessary. And if you've been motivated, what you find is by doing the four step, because you go to the misconducts and then resentments, it starts with fear. It leads to you lashing out because you're in a state of fear. You're in a state of a fight or flight cortisol. You cause harm. That person harms you back. And then it's the cycle of resentment. So you start to see like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not any different than anyone else, right? I'm a human with strengths and weaknesses. The fears have been controlling me. If I want to find my authentic self, I have to rid myself from fear. And I'm telling you, that's going to take a lifetime for almost all of us. No, and and there's, and here's the hard part. There's the world right now is saying that you can take hallucinant drugs. You could take mushrooms, Costa Rica, Rica, ayahuasca, DMT. And they're, they're they're literally, even this doctor, he takes people on ayahuasca ceremonies and he claims, and there is, there's some science here that they say it can rewrite synapses, but it doesn't always work. That's the thing that they don't talk about the most is that some people never come back. Some people have psychedelic trips that take them to another planet and they've now under, like they had underlining disorders under there, like personality disorders, um, schizophrenia that they didn't, was underdiagnosed, bipolarism, and they take these drugs and yeah, oh, it definitely rewrites something <laughs> and they never come back. Same thing as even pot can do. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because I want to believe, this is what the, the, ch- the child in me that's been What's traumatized. Quick fix? W- yeah. And it's not even that quick. I mean, I mean, ayahuasca's, Sounds miserable. It's a well, three-day event and you're throwing up. It's and, a weekend yeah. versus a lifetime yeah, of working yeah. on it. But they all say, even the people that I do believe have used it as a tool to help them, and I do be they're, they're genuine. They're not trying to like push an agenda on people. Um, even them, they talk about that you can have an experience of an awakening, just like at the breathing thing that I did, right? When I talked about that, where you can do the holotrophic breathing, these Wim Hof breathing yeah. techniques and have a spiritual awakening or whatever. But it's the work that's done afterwards. Even the people that are the... I should say the more conscious people that talk about psychedelics in a healthy, like as a medicine, they all say it's the work afterwards that really makes the difference. So once again, and they all say too, and Gabriel talks about this and other people, you don't need it, but they say that it can help you or whatever. I, I haven't used hallucinogens to get to where I'm at. And I think the 12 steps can get you there. And I think it's something that's going to be more lasting because if, you, if you're relying on a pill or you're relying on a drug, or you're relying on a natural substance like ayahuasca, which is not natural necessarily. An opiate is an opium a natural. Yeah, substance? all this stuff is natural. Cyanide. Tylenol, caffeine, everything. That's all natural. So when people, it's medicine. It's a, <laughs> it's a plant. Okay. Yes. So is all the poison that can kill us. Mm-hmm. It all derives from a plant. Okay. Now it may have its use in 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 the ecosystem of the world, but I'm telling you right now, ayahuasca is two mixing of two plants that don't happen naturally. Now, mushrooms, they say, grow naturally from cow manure. But last time I checked, you and I aren't, you know, going to poop on the grass to eat it. So, you know what I mean? Maybe the God of this world told someone to do that. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that I do know a lot of people that, like, well, they have to keep it, going back to that the, substance. The, the, you know what I mean? Does that it, make sense? It seems to keep very going back appealing to, to be able to go on a weekend yeah. retreat. Think about it all the time. Sometimes. And then yeah. be fixed. Over the last three years when I've been in this, like, traumatic state, I want to go back. Me and my friends, we're like, man. I wonder if it really would work because dude, listen, it sucks when you have a lifetime of chaos and you still have those memories and you've done all this work for 10 years in recovery and therapy and stuff. And you can still be triggered by one event. Mm -hmm. 
you, and then they're promising you, you do one thing, one event with them, and it'll be gone for a lifetime. That's appealing. Is it free to go do it? No, costs money. And just like everything else, that's like, you know, we go back to religion. It's like when this, I just watched The Chosen, right? Yeah. He didn't charge for it. Is that drug? Curious question. Like, how much does an ayahuasca plant cost? Is it a cheap? Drug? I mean, I'm sure that, like, yeah, yeah, like mushrooms are cheap. Raw, raw yeah, super cheap, 20 bucks. Probably you get a. Well, but that's like a retail price, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you can grow it yourself. I guess what I'm trying to say is if you did well, one of these ceremonies, it's like six, seven grand. Yeah. So what my, what, what's, a, what's a be- beautiful to me is the 12 step community. It's free. Free. Yeah. And, free. and just like everything that and comes when from Christ, you sponsor someone, it's free. The amount of time, like, I mean, I've been over your house, you've been in the garage meeting. I've done like more hours, that than anything hours else, and yeah. hours and hours and hours yeah. and without, hours, without, with, hours. with the recoup of payment being now I'm sober today. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just a powerful witness. But, but, but on this other note, it seems like, wow, that's a lot of work. Like I'm, yeah. I'm great. This, hopefully this comes across great. Yeah. I'm grateful. I don't have to go through that. Yeah. That have you to try do. to make that choice. Yeah. But I remember vividly early going in the addiction recovery, the meetings, the 12 step meetings is like, I was a little jealous about the yeah. connection everyone had in recovery. Even then I was, I was crazy that like you would say, I'm thankful for my addiction. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Like, are you just saying that? Yeah. Like, are you just saying that? Yeah. But then I felt it like you are, because it keeps you grounded. It, well, keeps oh, it brings you, you to this. It reconnects. Most people are Doing the steps reconnects you to your authentic Most self. Most people have had some level of traumatic event happen in their life, right? The smaller the level, the less likely to substance abuse, right? Or fall into a deep addiction. But they still don't know who their authentic self is, mm-hmm. right? Why, is, why are all these women doing all this stuff to themselves? Why are all these men taking all this stuff? Like, well, the society is trying to, yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> You know, to do all this stuff to be something you're not authentically. And the reason is, is because we're disconnected to, you know, once again, I heard this again on in the gym this morning, but like we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience, not the other way around. We're not physical beings have a spirit, right? We're spiritual beings. And that's what the program teaches. Even AA teaches that without mm-hmm. a conscious connection of your, of your higher power, you have no chance. Mm-hmm. Good luck. You can get time. You can withdraw from drugs and alcohol, but you'll find its way back in you. It's the same thing with everything else in life. You can go to church and join the Mormon church. You can join the Christian church. You can join the Baptist. You can be a Taoist, a Buddhist, or whatever. But if you don't find a connection with a true higher power and live from a spiritual aspect and really reconnect with who you were supposed to be, whether the world, before it's got, the world got its talons into you, then you're not going to make it. You just aren't. Well, because isn't the... the Even the, members the, of the, our church, right? We baptize people and they flee. And they flee because they still haven't had a spiritual connection or they didn't reconnect with it. Like you used to talk about all the time. Like, I didn't want to be the guy coming home that just shells, you know, all my mission stories, right? It's like, yeah, that's cool. And those are great and it's real. But I can, I look at pictures of my mission and it wasn't that long ago. And I'm like, it seems like someone else's life. I have no connection to that. You know what I'm trying to say? Zero connection. It's what the reason why I cried when we were playing Malcolm works is that's recent. Yeah. It's all about what living water I'm taking. If I don't drink, like I'm going to get thirsty. And so most people don't realize how unconnected they are to themselves. Got me thinking of the, the sales pitch of the atheist, the agnostic, the no churchy people. The authentic self is yeah. you're an animal. Yeah. Well, they teach you that. Like, well, the like, side of your brain. The authentic self is you're related. Yeah, you're just DNA. evolved. You're just another animal that hey, just evolved. And like, just, how you're bummer. a monkey. You're just gotten a little, you now stand up right. Or, or and you don't have a tail anymore and this, that, and the other. And they, t- so then they start to pitch you and listen, I don't, once again, I think the people are being authentic with what they believe. But if I'm looking at it through spiritual lens, which I'm trying to look at things again, look at the media, look at the, the stuff that's being pushed on me and you and everyone else. You look at it from a, when you read the news from a spiritual thing, it changes. 
mm-hmm. right? If you believe in God and Satan and all this stuff, and you look at it like, oh, the God of this world. Christ only taught, referred to two gods, his Father in heaven and Satan. He referred to him as the God of this world at one point in his, in his ministry. And, um, and that's powerful. If, if, if Jesus is the Christ and he's the only unblemished being to ever walk the earth, and he views Satan as the God of this earth, and he has dominion over the whole thing, meaning everything that's natural, everything that's good, that has ever been put on the earth, but he has dominion over it, then I think we need to be careful with what we're putting in our bodies. Just because it's natural means nothing. Now, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Christ, you don't believe in Satan, doesn't mean all that stuff's still not going to happen. It just means you can do whatever you want, I guess. doesn't mean you won't have the consequences from it. Fascinating. If you read that the temptation of Christ when Satan came to tempt him after his 40-day fast, yeah. like just listen to the, what he when said. When he said his weakest moment. Yeah. Right. Fasted. Like, so authentic self, like it was probably being disconnected. I mean, you fast for 24 hours. Have you ever tried to fast longer than that? We have friends that do it for seven, 10 days. No. I like, I tried it once. I made it 24 hours and yeah. ate unhealthy for eight months after. I went on a motorcycle trip with that guy and he's yeah. almost convinced me of it. Again. Yeah. I almost did it. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. I watched Chris Hemsworth on the <laughs> document and I'm like, oh, I want to do it again. But the reason why you don't is because dude, you feel disconnected. You go, like I said, you go without caffeine for 24 hours. You're not going to feel like yourself. Yeah. You go without for 10 hours. You're not going to feel like yourself. Imagine 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Holy crap. Nuts. The fact that, you know, once again, he was perfect. Most of us would have tanked. Throw yourself off the building. God will, angels will solve you, you know, save you. We would have been like, all right, I'm out. Like, we're at the worst. So, I mean, so going back to that, you just got to be careful. Just so from a spiritual lens, listen, if you found yourself and through one use of ayahuasca and mushrooms, great. Good for you. That's, I don't think it's the right thing for me. You can do whatever you want, though. But it, um, it's your life. What I found is doing the steps and being connected to a group of men and women who are perfectly imperfect, but are getting honest with each other weekly. That's all I need. When you left last night's meeting, due to a meeting last night, right? Yeah, I was on fire. You called me. I'm in the middle of a Monopoly game. Yeah. Couldn't take it. I called like 15 people. Did you really? You were the first person to answer me. Sorry. Yep. Was crushing my family. I know you were. I told you you better win because I said if you lost, I'd be pissed. They started getting tired and sad, but I did bankrupt two of my family members. Nice. And I'm close to getting my third bankrupt. I was going to finish it tonight. (laughs) I tried to, we tried to play Monopoly one time with my little Uh, girl. They couldn't handle it. Everyone cried. I have to remind them, like, this is just a game. They're like, you're so mean, Dad. I'm like, I know. That's what they say to me. This is a a game. I know. The games to win. People. Like, it's not socialism, it's called Monopoly. Yeah, I know. If we're playing socialism, then we'll play a different yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally... We, I think our family didn't talk for like 24 hours to each other, and I threw my back out. I never... <laughs> haven't played Monopoly since. <laughs> Most men are the same. Dude, this game's called Laguna Beachopoly. That looks great. I, I, saw, I saw the picture, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till my kids are older. It's, but yes. it sounds like you had the same experience I had playing with my oh, eight and nine-year-old. It doesn't matter what age... Like, because I've partnered up with one of my kids right now on like a joint venture. I don't know if it's yeah. against the rules or whatever, but we've, the most expensive uh, is like, uh, I think there's two like spots on Laguna Beach, you know, that yeah. are the most expensive. Like Woodish yeah. Broadway and Park Place yeah, and yeah. Real Monopoly. Yeah. So I partnered with our first thing we did. Three Arch and Monarch. <laughs> something like that. And then uh, we put uh, Keys of the City on it. So like you land on it, you're like going bankrupt yeah, on yeah. this one. Yeah, so, yeah. but she's like stoked on it because like, we're, we're crushing everybody else. But then I warned her, I'm like, look, as soon as everyone else is out, I'm coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, why would you do that? You're so mean. Uh, I'm the same way. When I play Liar's Dice, people like think I'm a piece of shiz. And I'm like, dude, 
It's a game. Don't like, I'm not competitive unless I'm in the game. That's why I don't play a lot of games. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I have that video you sent me. Oh yeah. Um, keep talking. I'm going to send it over to, to Adam to can airdrop it. I got it. Well, you got an airdrop. It's on Instagram. Yeah, I'll get it. Just talk for a little bit about when yeah, you yeah, left. Okay. Like, so, what, so why were you media, fired yeah, up? Yeah, so I was fired up because we had a, a guy come who had several months and then he relapsed and you think that would be sad, but it's not sad. What what he shared was, well, first of all, it wasn't just him. It was, every, you know, it was only six or seven of us, you know, because it's the holidays, people are out of town, but it was just a small room right where we started and just to think about where we came from, where we are today. And then this guy who shares his recovery um, and how he relapsed and how he's starting to view God as no longer the fire and brimstone God of the Old Testament, but God of the New Testament, which is grace and mercy and love. And it just freaking hit me. Did you get it, Adam? Yeah. Is the audio playing on that? I played on mine. Yeah, so I was fired up. I called you to tell you. I'm glad I, you didn't answer because then it inspired me to record this. I'm like, just record this. Just do it. Uh-oh, the volume. Okay, play. Let's do this. Woo, technical. Watch this. We do this. Hit play, and we'll play his face, and then I'll just Bluetooth it to the roadcaster. It's uh, raining. Yeah, that's it. Okay. What's up, everyone? It's uh, raining, but I'm driving hands-free from the phone. And uh, anyways, just left a 12-step meeting. And so I'm just feeling super impressed to share what's on my mind. And so I just thought I'd share it here. There is, I know I'm not the only one that suffers from past traumas and uh, reoccurring in my life, low limiting beliefs, as well as addictions that are hard to break and the cycles, sometimes generational trauma and addiction. And so um, I was just in a 12 step meeting at my church and one of the guys shared about like finally coming to realizing that God is not like the way he view, that we all view God differently and the way he had been viewing God for most of his life, he's in his you know 30s, and grew up in the church, in a Christian church, and he viewed God as the fire and brimstone God. That very black and white Old Testament, you know, punishment, you know, shame, not necessarily shame, but like, you know what I mean? One God, and if you don't, you know, worship me, you know, it's all hell's gonna break loose, literally. Um, and, you know, through his relapses and his recovery, he talks about, he talked about how he's starting to realize that maybe that's been the wrong way to look at God, and that's maybe what has kept him from wanting to come to God in the first place and maybe why some of the recent you know the cycles of relapse happened and I remember hearing that and thinking back 10 years ago my first year second year of recovery and listening to Joe and Charlie tapes where he talks about um he talked about AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and the history of it and talking about the steps and he talks about Charlie does he talks about um maybe Joe or Charlie I can't remember I think it was Charlie the funnier one he's the one who talked he talked about that where like most of us viewed God as the fire and brimstone God and not the merciful one of the New Testament. Listen, I don't know who's what, right? Like, I, it's not my place to try to figure that out. Um, but what I like to believe and what I've seen in my recovery and with working with other men in recovery and even watching women in the meetings and talk about their life and their shares, the God I've come to know, and I don't know him very well. Listen, I go in and out with my religion and my faith. I, I struggle at times, and I, I'm just coming out of a two-year slumber, as I like to call it, but... What I believe and what I've seen firsthand for myself and others trying to find, you know, a new way of living 
that God is merciful and he does love us and there's nothing that we can do to keep us from feeling his love. And I know that's not always taught in every religion, but I just mean for me and my wife, Lexi, we talk about it a lot that I think just love is, is there a hundred percent. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, he doesn't want us to, to turn away from the things that are destructive in our life. Of course not. You know, just like I love my four kids, I'm always going to love them. There's nothing that they can, I just have a hard time believing that there's anything you can do that I would ever stop loving them. But I definitely want to call them out at times and I want to, it's funny, like they're at this age now, like nine, 11 years old, my two older ones. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, dude, you should know better. And I like get all intense on them and then they start to cry. And I, dude, it's a trip. I start to see myself in them and I'm like, dude, this is probably what God looks at me at or my heavenly father looks at me and is like, dude, you should know better. But as soon as I like, they break down, my kids break down, I immediately see myself and I'm like, dude, they don't, they just need love right now. They just need compassion. They need like someone to hug them and warm. And it's just beautiful to be a part of that. I know this may sound cheesy. You may not know me or whatever. I, I don't know, but this is actually genuine. It's not easy for me to believe in God. It's not easy for me to believe in Christ. It's not easy for me to believe in mercy and that people are good hearted. Generally, some, you know, some of the stuff from my past, it put me in this fight or flight for most of my life, you know, state of mind, this fight or flight, this cortisol where I don't trust people. And I self-sabotage the people that come into my life that are good because I want to prove that no one's there for me in the end. And, um, it's a horrible way of being and living, but you know, the last few weeks and months I've come closer back to my faith and recovery. You're sniffling over there, Jay. Mm. Yeah. It's good. This is only Beautiful. like less than 12 hours ago. You recorded that. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. It's crazy. Was it just that one guy share? That so listen, 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 I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to the Amazon. I didn't spend $6,000. I didn't throw up for 12 hours, three nights in a row. I didn't trip and, and see the other side of the planet and see some machine elves and golf, you know, some snake to come tell me the wisdom of the world. But, you know, I did go for an hour and a half to a church building. It was paid for by members, you know, and um, I sat in a room with eight people were perfectly imperfect. None of them qualified to say anything but their own story. All volunteered to be there. All volunteered. No one's getting paid. And uh, I left and I had that realization. So, um, and I felt changed. So that's what I'm trying to say. Listen, you can do whatever you want. It's your life. But for me and for most of my friends in recovery, we found, and you agree with this too, with church and the meetings, it's just, you, you can plug into this and you can be changed. Like, you know, like you can be changed from the inside, from your core, by just plugging in and getting honest with other people and being vulnerable and, and being in a safe place and hollowed ground and, you know what I mean, disconnecting from the world for an hour and a half. Hour and a half. It's not that long. An hour and a half, and I was changed. To, the, to, to make that video come home, and I was like, I woke up at 4 a.m., renewed, spirit, renewed. Here we are. I feel renewed. Like that's, and, and so I got to keep filling that cup up, right, because it'll drain. The battery goes down. Right. My my kids, baby fighting. And then it was like, it's raining. It's like, dude, I got to go to the gym. I got to do these healthy things. I got to listen to something, put on music at first because I was tired. Then that music's not positive. So then I put on a Bible thing and then I switched here and then now we're here. So like, yeah, it takes work to tap into the spirit. It takes work to, to be in recovery and to to find, you know, change in your life. And, and but it's possible and you don't need to. I didn't take drugs to feel that way. But I felt different when I recorded that. 
That's not me. You know, that was I wrote in the Instagram. I and I know I said it sounds cheesy at one point because I know me. I'm like a most sarcastic sob, and I make fun of everything. It's always been my like mo, and and I love to call fake people out because I you can see it when you've been the fake. music. The music sounds cheesy. Sounds cheesy, but, but it was it perfect. Works. But it's perfect. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. It, worked. it made me crazy. That's like without that music, it would have been cool. But like oh, the music it was makes, a nice makes it better. I know. Nice I'm like touch. learning. I tried to get the words to pop up, and I couldn't figure that out. Um, but. Uh, the point is, is that, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I was right after yeah. that, you've put a conspiracy video right after I that story. It shows you like, Hey, I ain't being <laughs> fake. That's why I said that. Like you get, you, someone's going to watch that. Cause my thing's not private. My account, they're gonna, look at this as a be trying to be cheap to fake guy. What's he trying to sell? And then they're going to follow my next photo. It's like conspiracy theory about, you know, it was, it was a seeding the clouds, <laughs> seeding in the clouds, dude. That's no longer conspiracy. It's a fact. So so that's how you know it's genuine. That's how you know. I mean, I can't speak for other people. I just know for myself, I felt moved upon and changed after an hour and a half of sitting in a room in a circle with a few men and a couple women. And that's powerful. Well, I the, didn't go the, to Amazon to do that. Takeaways, even for us normies, of like going to a church meeting, whatever. Like we can, you can go to an, a 12-step meeting, sit in the back. And judge. Judge. I did that. I fold my arms. Fold right? the arms. Like these people. I'm they, not like them. Who's he think he is? He's we up have, there we, sharing. We had like, a lady there like last night like that. So, but we could do that. We could do that at, at any church. Yeah. We could dress up in some clothes to like Just look better. Talk, yeah. What are they talking about? Not participate. Not try to engage or, or you like can go there and or just get be something honest. Up. Or you can share. go there to try to... And it's crazy. Every time I go to these meetings, you see the newcomers, they always start to share. Or you've heard this, where you're like, I wish my church... I wish church was like this. Mm-hmm. You always hear, I wish the more... I wish our elders quorum. I wish my relief... It's like, dude, then make it that way. Yeah. Those meetings were founded by normal people. No one gave us a rhetoric. Remember we looked into it, like, what should it be? And you were asking me, I'm like, I don't know. I've only been to this one. <laughs> and you did a lot of research. But reality is like... Dude, we're not qualified to do any of the things that we've done. We're, here, we're sitting here with cameras facing us now, lights. You've done a lot of research and everything, and we have someone helping us out. It's awesome. But once again, we're just two people. So, so when you, if you feel moved upon by the Spirit to do certain things and to share the message, or if you've come to realization, however you came there, here's the cool part. This world, the universe is like, can I read the quote by Robert Bell? There's a, you pull it up? Or yeah, do you have it? I don't know if I have it. Hold on. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I'll, 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 let me grab it real quick. It's so powerful. It has to be shared. It's just, this is, yeah. So I read this book called, um, it's from Robert Bell and one of my good friends who I work with. And he's just been a huge inspiration for recovery and just life and spirituality and business. He shared this Robert Bell. Um, the book is called the, um, um, how, how to be here. And the other one is what is the Bible? But the quote from, the book that is so powerful is right here. The universe. Do you want to? Yeah, hold on. Oh, I'll just read it. Okay. The universe is unfinished, and God is looking for partners in the ongoing creation of the world. So, so once again, the the universe is unfinished, right? And the reason why that's so powerful is if you if you want to pull this up, let me send this to you. I, I, it, let me send this real quick. No, it's, it's off. Oh, my thing's off. You got it, it makes it more powerful when you look at the pillars of the creation. It's a visual. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you think of that quote and hold on, just send the pillars of creation. Did I send you that? It's, it's a picture of like, when it's the, from the telescope. Yeah. That right there. It's right there. It's my buddy Taylor. Um, so right there. So the pillars of creation, right? This is taken from the Hubble's 
telescope. It's like the world's greatest. Like that's a real picture. That's a real photo of what's really happening. Galaxies and galaxies or whatever way. Like it trips me out when you look through. Like, I they know. got these camera lenses that go. This way is out. matter unorganized, by the way. And, yeah. Okay. So this matter unorganized, and, and they call where it the. We don't know where it ends. Yeah, we have no idea. It's but it's being created. This is how stars are formed. This is how right. planets are formed. The planet we're on started like this. Yeah. Interesting. Saw another video that talks like that. But anyway, so. <laughs> So, uh, so you see this and it's like, and it's, and then you think about that quote, the universe is un, it's not, it's not finished. And God's looking for partners to help in the finishing and the creation of it. Once again, if you feel moved upon, if you had a life changing experience, recovery, you know, faith, expounding event, share it. And now they found like another thing that trips you out, your words, galaxies away, like it affects molecules infinity away like i can't even understand it it seems like science fiction but every thought and every word that i say affects the universe so if i think if it's a ripple effect you like and this is what i wanted to believe over the last couple years right when i was leaving kind of religion and and recovery i drop a you know a coin in this water or a rock in this water like i'm not affecting anyone i'm not self-sabotaging anymore like you know like i used to so i'm not affecting anyone if i don't participate but you do, the lie is no matter what you choose to do or not do, you do affect the world around you. You are connected. We are spiritually connected. This is where the hippies do have it right. And the, you know, the mushroom people, like, cause they believe we're all connected. Yeah. It's a fact. We are. It's a fact. Science. Some truth mingled in there. Yeah. 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 And so when you drop this water, so what I, what I come to realize over the last several months is I want to be the ripple effect for good and not the bad. And even though I may be hardwired to program from my past tra- tra- traumatic events and my response to those traumatic events that wants to be negative and wants to affect the world in, a, in a, that, that five-year-old who's been hurt, I want to be the 36-year-old dealing with every circumstance. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's, you have to be conscious. Mm-hmm. You can't just be slumbering. I can't have a substance that numbs me down a little bit. Because if I have anything, the smallest molecule of CBD will change the way I view the world. Right. It may not make me high, but it definitely numbs my frontal cortex. It definitely puts holes in the brain. I've done the scans. I've seen it. So like, you know, so being conscious and being and what, you know, what do you know? The church teaches being 100 percent. But I think that picture is just amazing. You got to look it up. It's called the pillars of creation. And it's beautiful. And you think about that. God wants us to partner with him. He's not doing it on his own. What is that thing in the corner? What? It's a cord. What is that? Oh, that's, they then you gifted me. I should, I, you don't I, have it? I have it. It's on my wall. It yeah. should be right here it should in the be. corner. Oh, that'd be sick. We will bring it. Bring the magnet effect. Because so, so on this, I have a picture. Let me send it to you. Uh, no, we got it. All right. It's, it's on the screen. Adam yeah. Popping. Well, yeah, the, the, the actual picture of the surfboard that was given to me as a gift. I, I, this is where I gave that talk. So all those slides we just read about addiction was here yeah. on the stage. This is the vision I had when I was in the breath work. I was on that exact stage wearing the exact clothes I was wearing. It was a trip. And the, the, I didn't know they'd give me this gift for, you know, it's called All Day J. And they had it custom painted a surfboard from Lost, you know, Mayhem Surfboard. And then it has a magnet, so it's a magnetic effect. And one of our uh, VPs, Ty, always talks about when you're in the zone of genius and you're doing things the right way, you turn on the magnet effect and people are just gravitating. Oh. Yeah, and you just go, like, right? Like you hold yeah. a coin and magnet. Well, that's the same thing with recovery and religion. And like spirituality and recovery, like I want to believe I was trying to do something the right way. I try, I was, I don't want to be self-righteous. I don't want to be viewed as something I'm not. And I want to pull back. But if 
God wants you to be a part of the creation, then he's going to pull you back. And when you get all in, that magnet effect is inevitable and people will follow and it just, and it's okay. It's like, you don't need to be scared of it. You don't need yeah. to have fear of it. So if you're listening to this and you're something, we always get emails like, how do I get a meeting started? This yeah. dude, be, I wish I had you guys, dude, you, God wants you to do this. In you, yeah, if we can do it, you can do it. <laughs> so when I hear this, like, oh, you know, it's so great. It's like, cool. I don't believe that we could, anyone else can do the same thing wherever you're at. If you're in Michigan, Iowa, if you're in Afghanistan, like to a degree, you can, you can share and you can yeah. do the right things you need to do. We get inspired to do things. We just have to act. Yeah. That's we have limiting beliefs that tell us that I can't, I can't affect. And my limiting beliefs tells me that all the time, even when I'm doing great things. That's the crazy baffling part of, of addiction is it tells us even in the midst of doing great things that you're still not good enough to do it. That's just baffling, but it's real. We all stuck with that. All right. I think this is a good way to, to end. Yeah, good. Because I have Hit to our go outro. to the we're learning this. Uh, yeah, we're getting this new bottom setup. right button. Bottom right button, dude. On the road. Anyways, I love that picture. Pillar creations. Later, Brad. Till next time. Next time podcast. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I have to pee. So.